What's up, guys? Mitch from RespectMoreReason.com here with another episode of the RMR podcast today, joined by special guest from the home state, Low Freezing of Halo Cannabis. How you doing, Low? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me, Mitch. Yes, yes. Glad to have you on here. We've been running around in the same state and same market for quite some time. And, and it's it's funny now, like where how cannabis is so rapidly expanding to be, you know, it's kind of it's such a blessing to be from the state where it's like, you know, we were right behind Colorado. We've had this this recreational thing going on a little bit longer than a lot of these places. Oh, yeah. I argue that we have like some of the top notch stuff here and like, you know, most innovative products out here. So we're lucky to be surrounded by it. Absolutely. And and even on that on that tip, too, it's like this market, you know, kind of the regulation, not having the outside money and being first, you know, MSOs is not attractive market for MSOs to come and compete in. So it's like really kind of created this cool market where it's just a lot of there's a lot of craft and it's a lot of competition within craft, which I feel like really breeds to like quality, really puts an emphasis on quality to the consumer. Yeah, it's really hard to be an operator here. Like you said, nobody really wants to come here, especially after experiencing other states. But it's really good for the consumer. Um, it it makes sure that they get access to the best stuff. And um, yeah, it really drives, uh, you know, consumer, consumer um, feedback, I guess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so before we get too deep to this conversation, I start off every episode with our guests kind of origin story around the plant, the plant being cannabis. So I'm kind of curious, you know, per personally, whatever you feel like sharing and, and professionally, what's what's kind of what, what's your, your starting point within with cannabis? Well, I um, I always have preferred cannabis over alcohol. So I actually used it recreationally for some time before really understanding the medical side of things, too, and that it really encompasses both medical and recreation. And so um, my story in, with cannabis and also getting into the cannabis industry starts with um, my work at a hospital. I was working at a hospital in Chicago and um, had access to tons of research papers there. And I heard patients talking to me about how they were using cannabis, even though it was illegal back then, um, how they were using it to treat some of their symptoms. And so I started looking into it on the medical side and really saw a lot of research, not from the US, but outside of the US. And I was like, wow, this really has some legitimacy to it. And I started learning about why I was using it, not only for, you know, for fun times, but also like when I was having trouble with anxiety or like depression during the dark days of winter. And so um, it really inspired me to learn more and more. And at the same time, I was actually going to go into medical school, but um, that path ended for me. And so I was looking for other opportunities. And um, my family actually was the one who encouraged me to explore cannabis as a career because um, I'm from the Midwest. Hey, I see somebody from Pittsburgh here. Um, and uh, I'm from the Midwest and the opioid crisis out there is still really bad. And back then it was really impacting my community. And so much of my family who had been in medicine was talking about the impact that cannabis could have on addiction, how it could support with withdrawal treatment and um, help with um, mitigating addiction. And so um, they really inspired me to look into it as a career. And that's when I found extraction. And so long story, semi shorter, um, I ended up in Seattle, Washington from Chicago and um, 
found my way to Eden Labs, who, who manufactures mm-hmm. CO2 extraction equipment, also local to Seattle. Like we have so many amazing cannabis industry folks here. And so that was my first entrance into the manufacturing side. And it, it, I just like totally fell in love with it and realized that my background, which is in chemistry, also with the medical um, experience I had had, and then as a recreational user, it was kind of this trifecta of um, really wanting to do more for consumers here because um, at the time there were a lot of vape cartridges available, but I didn't think that they were that good. Mm-hmm. And I kept asking myself why um, do when I when I consume a vape cartridges vape cartridge that says Blue Dream, for example, and I smoke the Blue Dream flower, it gives me a different experience. And that was really confusing to me. And so the chemist in me was like trying to figure it out. What what's the difference? What's the difference? And I really finally understood that it was because everybody was looking for THC only and stripping so much out of the of the plant that really gives us these incredible experiences and the benefits. So that's how I got into cannabis and how I found myself starting Halo um, in 2017. And, and like we were saying right before that, you know, that's, that's early for this recreational game for a lot of the people and as quite of the people I bet out there listening, especially from the, the Midwest that are finally getting in the game where you're from. Yeah. Um, and that product maturation, you know, I, I, the, the THC thing is such a wild thing, right? Like in the industry, there's this echo chamber of everyone being like THC percentage doesn't matter. Consumer doesn't give a shit. They're chasing THC. I yeah. think, you know, from my perspective, I think like Washington is a lot for the higher end consumer, at least like in Washington, I think THC doesn't play the role as, as far as like California, the clients mm-hmm. and work I do in Cali, it's like around 30% or over on flower is like, you have to be there. Right. I feel like in Washington, a lot of the, there's a lot of high end stuff out here. That's like sub 20 and sells out just fine. But I know when we move into the vape cartridge game, I think the THC percentage has always kind of held a more, esteem with the customer for right or for wrong and you feel like that's something that's still there today or do you feel like it's education's kind of changed it since those earlier days in in 2017 well speaking of the early days i want to pivot real quick and just mention that you and joey came through the lab like a long time ago i think um like when we were just getting started and Mm -hmm. had such great like it really inspired me and validated what we were doing even back then. Cause it's been a, an upward ba- battle since then, you know, um, like you said, people chasing THC. So I would say that while we've done a lot of work to kind of carve out and bring people into the community, that's not looking for just THC or who has been kind of like failed by the traditional marketing that's been done around THC. Um, that there's still a ton of work to do, especially in the vape cartridge world, because, Um, I think people look more to that, like how much THC can I get for my dollar? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a commodity. And, um, and so we really have to do a ton of education still, not only on current users, but also new consumers who are coming into the market saying like, I don't know what sativa is. I don't know what Indica is. You know, I've heard of THC, but like, I want to experience what my friend experienced the other day when they like cleaned their whole house or you know had the had the best time at a concert or like ate the best food they've ever eaten um yeah. because of cannabis so there's still a ton of work to be done but i would say that education you said it is the only way to expanding that and getting beyond that um because we know um that it's not just thc um thc like chasing thc is like 
only drinking Everclear or mm -hmm. taking prescription meds as opposed to like looking for the holistic, um, what nature can provide us. Yeah. And, it, and it's crazy. And you said it a little bit earlier. It's like, you know, when something with higher THC versus something that's lower, but more full spectrum, you know, I, I don't know if the proper scientific term is get you higher, but is like, or fuller effect. I don't know, I've heard it described so many different ways, but for just trying to dumb it down for the sake of consumer, I'll say it hits you harder. You, you definitely feel it more, you know, as a vape card, you get like a 95% dissolute versus like a full spectrum, you know, a live resin that's like 77%. Man, that that 77% is going to smack you a lot. Again, I don't want to say harder is necessarily the technical term, but just a better. It's going to it's going to get you more right. Yeah. THC, which is ironic. And people still like sometimes you tell that to the consumer and they still just reach give me the, the 90. Well, because it's like counterintuitive, right? Mm -hmm. um, because THC is what you associate with that high. And, um, you know, if you get more like you're going to get more high. Well, um, the science of it really is that your body can only process so much THC. Like once you get past a certain point, your receptors just can't process it. So there is like a limit to it. Right. So above that, you're kind of paying for, you know, just the number. Um, but you mentioned it like that full, more like balanced experience comes from not only THC, but also the other cannabinoids and terpenes that are in the product that interact with your system that provide you with that like really long lasting, mm -hmm. um, full complex experience that, so we always say if you get like a distillate, for example, that's 90 some percent THC, we call that a narrow high because mm -hmm. it's only giving you what THC offers. When you smoke flour, there's like hundreds of compounds that are interacting with your body to give you, whether it's like the super awesome, stupid high that you're looking for, or, you know, something that's going to inspire you to write music, you know? And so we can't just do THC. We, we, we need the other stuff in order to give us what, you know, the plant doesn't just produce THC. So how can we recreate that on the extract side? Uh, yeah, I love it. And, uh, you know, big shout out to you and the people that are really diving in there on the science <laughs> and they're making the products that that uh, that we can enjoy. Like I said, I don't, I don't quite understand this. I, I got the, the one, maybe the 201 level understanding <laughs> of it. But uh, I know that due to people like yourself uh, putting in the work, man, there's there's a lot of good products out there for us to enjoy. And so, you know, one, one of the things about Halo, I know you guys are rooted in like a big part of it is like health and wellness. And while that is like an oversaturated category when you talk about cannabis or CBD, I feel like your guys' approach isn't like, it's very like authentic. You know what I mean? It's not like you bought these stock images of people like <laughs> exercising and just slap CBD and stuff around. No, no disrespect to anyone out there doing that. If that's what you're doing. But it's, it's a different approach. Like I feel like where it just feels authentic and it doesn't seem as much as like, it's very like cannabis forward with health and wellness supporting that as opposed to a lot of other people I feel like do the reverse of put more so health and wellness at the forefront and then cannabis at secondary. So I'm kind of curious, like how you see, and you kind of touched on a little bit in your, in the origin question, but how you see the kind of the in inflection point between health and wellness and cannabis. Well, um, our mission is to help anyone get more out of life and you can do that in so many different ways. Um, and so our goal is to highlight how you can incorporate cannabis into your lifestyle and life to get more out of each day. And so that can mean, you know, incorporating it into your wellness practice, like 
um, meditation or yoga or exercise or um, into your social life to be more social, to be happier, to be more in the moment. And so it's, I appreciate you saying it's genuine because, you know, everything we do revolves around our mission. And, and so it kind of has to involve like that holistic aspect of life in order to, to live the mission. And so we focus on the chemistry side of it and the education side so that the customer can take all the information that we offer and say, and, and like kind of empower themselves. And so um, it's not binary. It's not like black and white. It's not this or that. It's about opening up your perspective. And um, that's what I think cannabis has done for myself and so many others and like our world. We are, we are, this is like the first new industry since tech. Mm. And we have an opportunity to disrupt so many different avenues of our lives from like, you know, writing in equity from the beginning, like social equity, um, and, you know, creating opportunities for women and like underprivileged communities and um, really lifting up uh, our communities. And so I think cannabis inherently is this like very balanced um, community driven plant and it, it travels like throughout everything. And we, as the industry members are responsible for continuing that thread. Right. And so um, whenever we put out products or whenever like we discover something new, we want to get that out there to the consumer. And so that's why we are so education forward and so transparent because we are learning every single day and um, we're also learning like how to incorporate it into our lives even more. So mm. when we, you know, shoot a workout video for our new workout plan cannabis product, it's because we're like, you guys have to try this. Like you'll never want to stop working out, you know, or, you know, um, if you are looking for, um, you know, in, in the pandemic, we kind of lost some social skills, right? And so um, we talk about CBG, which is one of the cannabinoids that's not as commonly found in cannabis, but it is a really important cannabinoid. And it lifts your spirits, it gets you chatty, it makes you want to socialize. And so it's something that, you know, you can incorporate and benefit your life by, by using and knowing how to use it. So we're just like really excited about all these different things and genuinely want to share that with people and with our community. That's awesome. And, and another thing that I've noticed about you guys kind of to build off that is, is, you know, you mentioned social equity. I've had, it's been a big conversation in cannabis. I've had a lot of guests where that's been the center around the conversation as legalizations moved, you know, again, Washington, were one of the first ones we were, we were just lucky to get legal cannabis. We definitely, you know, we didn't get delivery. We didn't get home grow. <laughs> Social equity wasn't a conversation until Black Lives Matter movement came and made that a mainstream commercialized talking point for a lot of yep. people. Shout yep. out the, 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 the fake uh, progressiveness that <laughs> we live in. Uh, yeah. But you, you guys have really been a proponent of obviously being a, a female-led, you know, woman-led company, um, which is not, you know, not the majority in, in this industry. But you, got, you have always been, I feel like, from a brand and you personally have always... I won't even say spoken out, but just incorporated different communities, marginalized communities, 
the 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 non-majority in what you guys have done from a content perspective and what you've done from the work that you put out there the, the partnerships and the collaborations you guys have done why has that always been important to you and again i'll give you your flowers that was important before it was a mainstream talking point in this space so i'm just curious kind of the inspiration and and and, and the why for you in, in that regard well, um, our, again, our mission is to help anyone get more out of life. And that, you know, on the flip side is also everyone. And um, I think I wish I had this like profound statement about it, but it's just really what we believe, you know, it's I think um, even though we want to always feel like we can easily include everyone like you do have to go out of your way um a lot of times because um you know if anybody knows seattle like we don't really have a diverse community here and i came here from chicago and which is like super diverse and so um i guess it's about the community that i want to cultivate and that our team wants to cultivate um and and i that reflects in the collaborations that we do and um, I mean, the more diverse perspectives we can have, the better we can be as a company, as a community, as an industry. So um, we I wouldn't say we had to like go out of our way because we were already cultivating that type of community. Mm -hmm. And so it will always be an important part of, of Halo and, you know, anything that we do, because um I want our industry to be the best that it can. And like I said, a more diverse industry is a better industry. I love that. And, and, and I agree. And I, I think it's important. And again, like, you know, big, big salute to you guys, you know, yourself, you know, personally as well for, for the work you guys have been doing in that. Cause it's important. And like, and like you said, being, being a local out here, we are not that diverse of an area. Some people think of us again, you know, we have this label as like super hyper progressive and whatever, while we may be in certain veins, you know, you go walk around, it does not look like, you know, there's a lot of other parts of the country that are much more diverse than what we are. And I think, I think that's important. Like what you said of just that, that effort, you know, whether it's super intentional or conscious or whatever the reasoning is, I think that the effort needs to be made to bring inclusivity, to bring diversity, to make sure that things look how it should look, right. That things are represented. And that's, that's like, I think a big, the biggest part of social equity, for me in this in this space is like trying to make it look like it should we you know for whatever reason it's not you know you look at ownership the the makeup of the c-suite level it's not what it should be when you compare it to the cannabis uh use demographic and so um, yeah it's, it's definitely important for individuals and companies to to push community in, in the right community and to normalize like the what a, you know somebody who uses cannabis looks like mm -hmm. which is not one type of person right. you know it's all types of people and breaking down the stigma of like what the cannabis user looks like. And um, so that's a really important aspect of it too, because as a brand, we represent so much and I want people to see themselves in Halo. You know, I want people to see themselves using cannabis in a way that helps them get more out of life. And so that includes everybody and it's okay you know, to, to find that groove with um, yourself, even though so many communities have been torn down by cannabis and so many families have been broken because of the history with cannabis and our government. And so we have to do what we can to, to destigmatize, to educate, to give back, 
to, to um, work with causes that support freedom and, um, and diversity and equity and inclusion and um, that you have to go out of your way to do that. And, you know, with that, you said, you know, how many or, or the, the cannabis consumer is it's wide, right? Like what they look like, where they are, what their job title is. I mean, it's it transcends everything, right? Yeah. Um, how is it from like a marketing perspective or a brand perspective of like trying to identify who the ideal consumer type is when everyone's using cannabis? And it is like you said, your mission is wanting to, to, to meet people, you know, for cannabis for everyone to be broad. But that's difficult when it comes to positioning and marketing perspective. So I'm just kind of curious some of your approaches on like, how do you how do you approach marketing towards such a wide group of people? Well, traditionally, everybody looks at demo demographic or like who's your ideal customer as, you know, um, race or gender or age. Um, and we kind of don't really subscribe to that. <laughs> Um, and so while it may seem like we're marketing to a like overly large net of people, the reality is that we're actually marketing to a specific, very specific type of person, a person that is conscious about what they do every day. They're conscious about what they're putting in their body. They're conscious and intentional with their cannabis use. And not everybody is that way. In fact, a lot of people aren't. And that, that's totally fine. You know, like we, um, we all, every product has its place right in our lives. And so um, again, while it may seem like we're marketing to a very wide net of people, we're actually marketing to a very specific group and it comes down to our mission. And um, that, that market is growing. We can see it across the board, especially after the past few years, people reflecting on their life and like their life choices. And that, um, you know, at the moment, at a moment's notice, things will com can completely change. And so taking a look at your life and saying, you know, what can I do to be the best version of myself? And if we can help you find a cannabis product that does that, then we're doing our job. Mm. I hope other people running companies take notes of that, where she said, you know, while it is appropriate to everyone, it is a focused consumer type that you're looking at. And that doesn't mean it's exclusive. Um, I don't know why it seems to be more on the retail side but I constantly talk to marketers and owners in this industry who are unable to answer that question, right? They're like, well, it's everyone, it's everyone. And I'm like, that's an expensive <laughs> and impossible task to be everything that is for impossible. everyone. And that, that's like a big, uh, that's a really interesting piece of our industry uh, that's been really interesting to watch is the fact that there aren't really too many brands that um, are, are focusing on the entire company as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, Halo focused, we've focused at the same time about uh, on the product, making sure it's the best product that we can produce. And also it, that it is going to be um, received in the market in a way that we want it to be received so that people understand when this product is right for them, who it's right for, and how they can use it to optimize what they purchased, as opposed to what most other people are doing, which is saying, here's cheap THC. This is what all consumers want. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to identify with. And so um, I think if you take the approach of 
lowest or, you know, bang for your buck, then um, yeah, I guess you're marketing to everybody, but uh, we know that we are not. And I know that we can't because I'm not, you know, we're not a funded company. We're mm -hmm. bootstrapped and we've kind of had to like figure it out, which, you know, anyone out there, I could do a lot with a million dollars, but um, we've had to really, you know, be really um, focused and we didn't have a whole lot of leeway, but we've also taken it as a strength because we've been able to pivot when we needed to, or like do things the way we want to, which is kind of against the grain mm -hmm. and um, not have to answer to like a team of investors that are like forcing our hand into other ways. And so a lot of people have had to go that route. And um, while it may be easier in some respects, I think it might be harder as well. So, um, you know, it's just a different route, I guess. Absolutely. I personally identify with that and, and I define strength as well. I would <laughs> the, same way, the ability to pivot, the, the best part about being lean, there's plenty of Plenty of cons, but one of the few pros is like you can pivot a lot quicker yep. when you're when you're lean. Man. Yeah, I know you know the hustle. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, obviously starting in 2017, you've seen trends across cannabis and the maturation. Um, obviously, it's been a little bit slower in this being that we're one of the first markets. Other markets are seeing it a little bit quicker pace, but they're seeing the same exact thing in terms of the maturation, which I feel like I saw kind of in the what, black or gray market, whatever you want to call it, before cannabis was legalized, the maturation of the consumer there seemed to match recreation. Um, but when it comes to, to concentrates or specifically vape cartridges, what are some of those trends that you see have have kind of peaked as as we've matured through this? And then I, I got to actually, I'll just ask that. And then I got a follow up question. I'm going to write on that. I'm already I'm thinking two questions <laughs> right now. Um, trends in the cartridge world. Well, post vape crisis, I would say trends had shifted more towards um, consumers questioning the product. So what's in it? It really caused um, consumers to have to take the lead on putting their dollar where they wanted it to go and finding products that they could trust, where most consumers didn't know that there were shady products out there to get to to to, uh, to find in the beginning. Like, not all products are created equally. <laughs> Let's just say that. And so it really forced companies to establish better practices. And um, so we are seeing more and more products that are, I would say, higher quality. Um, on top of that, pe people are willing to, I would say, pay more for higher quality, even down to the hardware. So we're seeing better quality vape cartridges come out on the market because the investment is worth it. And then um, lastly, I want to poke a little bit at live resin, which you mentioned earlier, um, which a lot of people are using that term, I think, in a way that's just like a connotation. Whereas mm -hmm. like when it started, live resin meant extracted from um, fresh frozen plant material. And so it actually has a completely different chemical profile than the dried cured flour that you purchase on the shelf. So it's something different. It's usually more terpene rich, um, but it's kind of transitioned to encompass other meanings. Um, and we've been doing a lot of polls recently with consumers and, and uh, retailers because we're trying to understand what live resin means to the industry. And um, 
So we're seeing a lot of cartridges being labeled live resin, which I believe their meaning is that it's from strain specific or mm. it has cannabis derived terpenes, but it has nothing to do with using fresh fro frozen plant material. So that's been a really interesting trend that I'm keeping a pulse on because um, Halo produces full spectrum CO2 extracted cannabis oil, 100% cannabis, never used any additives or anything like that. Um, but I would never categorize us as a live resin, um, but people are. So it's been interesting to, mm. to see that development. Yeah, and I, something we've noticed, Joey and I have talked about, we see a lot of products marketed as live resin, but it's dissolute mixed with live resin terpenes or something, or they add a little bit of it in there. There's so a whole lot of that too, which is yeah. like painful to me to see because consumers have no idea. Right. Right. And that's, and that, and that's, it's, it's interesting. You brought up like the vape crisis uh, or whatever, you know, whatever the, the, the buzzword we want to attach to that, that, that yeah. little blip in time, but <laughs> it definitely, I, I saw it as well. You know, we ran an article on a few things. We might've potentially almost gotten sued for a few things that we said, uh, you know, but whatever, um, you know, broke those tackles, um, still, undefeated, still undefeated <laughs> in court, knock on wood. Um, but, uh, but it definitely we saw that as well like a lot of the content we put out there consumers like asked that for the first time which is it's mind-boggling but also like coming from the black market of consuming when i first tried oil now what i know now what i tried was not safe was not clean <laughs> but i didn't question it at all we're like oh it just gets you really high like great pile yeah. it on there you know probably riddled with pesticides you know <laughs> but once that communication got out there people just literally like that light bulb went on and it's crazy because you know, we question what we put in our body, but let alone smoking, when you can bust something and put it, you know, straight into the bloodstream, mm -hmm. we put no thought of it until that came out where it's like, wait, what, what is actually in this stuff that I'm, I'm vaping, you know? And, and I, I, I think that was a great point because it really helped the consumer add that question. And like you said, it put the pressure on people that produce like people that were doing it right. It was like, Oh, we, we have our day now. Like people care about what we care about slightly. And then the, the you know, the competitors that maybe didn't give a shit and only about right. the bottom line, it, it put some pressure on them to, to buckle up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, we still got some ways to go in, in that, mm -hmm. in, in that regard. And like you said, the THC one is still something that, has been very ineffective hitting the masses. People are definitely getting there, but in terms of mass, like consumer adoption of understanding that 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 concept of THC chasing, it's, we got a ways to go. Oh yeah, um, ways to go. And um, also with the with the terpenes too, um, people a lot of companies are still using um, botanical terpenes, um, terpenes from other plants, which is fine, but it's, it's not going to do the same thing for you. It's, it's merely really for flavor probably at that point. Um, so anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that goes too. Yeah. And, and then that, that was the other thing. Cause I, I was curious too on beyond just like vape gate or whatever, did you notice kind of the, the maturation of vape cartridges of, of the consumer going towards, um, cannabis derived terps as, as we grew? Because Obviously, when we first came out, when you think of, you know, vaping outside of cannabis, most people that vape, it's all fruit flavors and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that's what people are kind of accustomed to. 
And then when you get to cannabis, I know that's why it's still popular. We still see like the cheap joints that are pineapple flavored or whatever. Like they sell really well. I I won't smoke them, but they sell really well. Um, but do you, do you feel like that kind of matured where the consumer for vapes just kind of wanted like, I want this to taste like weed and not fruit punch or whatever? Uh, unfortunately, I would say that um, we're actually looking at like two avenues of consumers, one where they're like, I don't really care. I prefer it to taste like bubblegum. And the other where it's like, no, I love I like I want it to taste like weed. I want it to feel like smoking flour. So I think those two markets are growing and they're growing independently. So mm -hmm. I don't think one will ever cancel out the other unless you know, regulations kick in where you can't use these other terpenes or um, flavoring agents. Um, but until that happens, those two markets are growing um, in parallel, I would say. But we are, of course, on the um, on the side of, of only using the cannabis plant because you said it like it goes straight into your bloodstream and your lungs really aren't that good of filters. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, I'm, I'm always like, it should be hundred percent cannabis. Like why you're already inhaling something that's not air. Why introduce risk? Mm. Um, and you know, I tr still truly believe. And like when the vape crisis was happening, we were super vocal. We like interviewed on news channels and stuff saying like, we still believe vaping is safer than mm -hmm. smoking, but you need to be vaping the right stuff and it needs to be hundred percent cannabis. It needs to be pesticide free. And unfortunately companies are not necessarily up until recently, they weren't incentivized or regulated around, um, you know, being transparent about that or testing for pesticides, for example. So we were like, you know, consumers, you have to be the ones to take responsibility and like ask those questions and be buying the products that you can trust. Absolutely. And that's the thing with pesticides that I I don't think that another thing the general consumer doesn't understand is, is in the word concentrate. This is concentrated, highly concentrated of whatever the original material is. So even if the original material only has a little bit of pesticides in it, the concentrate is a much higher dose of that in a, in a smaller yep. batch. And, and that's why it's in, in the whether you're vaping or dabbing, whatever, and you're in the concentrate forum, like, the, that conversation is so much more powerful than the, the flower. I mean, it, it definitely reigns true, I think, across all the products used, but especially in that regard. Yep. Um, and like you said, smoking, your lungs don't necessarily filter. When you eat something, you got your body has all these natural processes every step of the way to filter out stuff that your body doesn't need. Smoking, you don't, you're, you, you know, your body's not, not meant to filter it the way it is other things. Exactly. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, something interesting for you guys, like your, your concentrates that you put out, you call, call them jam, correct? Yeah. What, what was the inspiration behind that of, of kind of giving it a, a creative name for that product SKU? Well, um, first of all, it the consistency is like jam, like spreading it on on piece of toast. Um, but also um, most concentrates are produced through hydrocarbon extraction. And so when you when you extract through CO2, you're actually extracting like a more uh, like a broader chemical profile. And so not only is the taste going to be different, it's going to be more like the flower, um, but also the, the cannabinoid profile. And so it's, it's a distinctly different product from most concentrates on the market. And so we wanted to make sure that the consistency and the category represented that. 
so that when people, you know, cause if you're, um, buying a concentrate that's from, um, like that's hash rosin or like live rosin, it's going to be super different from a CO2 extracted concentrate. So we had a lot of fun with naming it, but at the end of the day, it, it was like jam, like spreading it on toast, um, or spreading it on your pre-roll. Mm. Mm. That's my, I'm not a big dabber. That's my, that's my favorite way to consume concentrates is, is coating it on a blunt or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And ours are so tasty. We have a blueberry that tastes like mm. blueberries. And, um, we also just came out with Island boy, which is like so tropical and delicious. So I highly recommend that. Okay. I'll, I'll have to check that out, man. And, and, you know, another thing I would ask on your product types is, you know, you guys have done these collaboration, the artist series, uh, you know, I know that one of the big ones is my guy, Perry, Perry Paints, Perry, Perry, AKA Perry Porter out there. Um, you know, I love his artwork, no, known him for yeah, a decade at this point. Um, wow. But that was a great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we met at a at a small show at like a community center in Federal Way in like 2011. Wow. He is like one of the most talented people I've ever met. Oh, he's yeah, stupid, stupid, talented um, and a great just a great dude. He's been since I've, you know, again, the whole time I've known him, he's just always been good energy, great dude. Yeah. Um, and a great, you know, I've worked with him, I've worked with him on the artist side, you know, the music and, and the and the painting side, and he's, he's a professional in both realms as well. But on this, on these artist series, what was the, you know, kind of the, 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 the thesis into entering into that and, and, and the goal in collaborating with artists? Well, um, so the product is called volume and right, um, volume. it kind of has a play on words, right? Like volume, like music, volume, um, like a, a, vol a series, you know? And so the goal was really to highlight, well, to change the way people are purchasing cannabis and to highlight how creative cannabis can, can it can inspire you. And so cannabis and art go really well together. That's why we host Halo Sessions, the music series. Um, and volume was really about art and community and the farmer and telling the story about how this plant was grown and now we're extracting it and making it the best oil we can. And then we, um, uh, we have an artist try the product and then they're tasked with creating art that in was inspired by the experience. And then that art becomes the packaging. Mm. So then the consumer looks at the packaging and says, wow, I, I feel that, you know, I want to feel that. And that's why they buy the product, not because of the THC percentage, not because of the strain name or genetics, but because of that art. And so um, Perry was volume three. We are completely sold out of that. And we're actually about to launch volume four. It'll be on shelves the week of July 4th. And um, I guess that's next week, um, <laughs> volume four, so 4th of July. And uh, so we will be announcing that um, later this week, the grower and the um, artist. Um, but this artist does murals all over Seattle. So we're excited to, to really activate that community. But the inspiration behind it was to really challenge consumers to think of cannabis in a different way. I love that. And that's, I mean, it's just a great, perp, you know, a great reason to do it and connecting these different aspects of cannabis. Cause at the end of the day, you know, much like music coming from a, a sense of creating music, as I always say, is like, as, as a musician, you're inspired by something else to create something that then you pass on to somebody else that it gives them inspiration. It's like this chain uh, uh, of inspiration. And that's like, 
reminds me of you talking about that reminds me a lot of just like how I view the process of like creating music and then putting it out. Totally. Yeah. And we, you know, music goes super well with cannabis. So we have Spotify playlists for every single strain so that you can like immerse yourself in the experience. So um, we, we love, uh, we love in, uh, like that full immersive experience with cannabis and, and really incorporating many facets of your life into one experience. Awesome. Oh, and I had, a, I earlier, I said I had two questions and I forgot to ask the other one on the trends. So I'll backtrack a little bit on the trends. Are there any trends that you can think of in, in whether it's just recreational cannabis or, or specifically vapes that came and kind of went and, and had their little moment and, and fell off? Is there anything that comes to mind? Hmm. Man, I cannot think of any. Maybe not. If they, if they went away, then, maybe, you know, maybe. Yeah, it must have been just like a moment in time. Um, I would say that one one thing I'm continuing to see, but I kind of hope goes away is um, this like blanket statement, like calm uh, party, you know, those blanket statement categories that people are using to describe how cannabis can make you feel. Be and like, because most of the time it's not like the what's the evidence to support that mm -hmm. um and so i i think those are a lot of people try to execute on that and they haven't yet succeeded because oftentimes they don't deliver on the experience mm -hmm. because it's too general and that's just not the cannabis way so <laughs> it's so much more complex than that so i would i would call out that one okay no that, that's and that's a good one because you know, on one hand, it's like you meet the consumer somewhere they understand. I get that and can respect mm -hmm. it. But like me as a consumer, you know, like I don't pay too much mind to like sativa or indica. Like, you know, you go into the, the store like, you know, what are you looking for? This is this much THC. I'm like, don't bring up THC. You're looking for sativa or indica. I'm like, bro, I'm looking for a specific strain. So <laughs> yeah. I, don't wanna, I don't even want to hear those words out of your mouth. But um, I, I like, you know, I tend to like heavy indicas, but I don't. I don't drink coffee. I have a hard time going to sleep. The, I smoke weed throughout the day and it's not like putting me, you know, people are like, oh, this is going to put you to sleep. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to smoke in the morning. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with like, so I don't associate if I see something that says, you know, nighttime or whatever, I don't, maybe if it's like a CBD with CBG, you know, CBN or whatever, then I'll, yeah. I, I can, I can connect with it. But when it comes to like a flower or vape cartridge or concentrate, I'm not, the mood i'm not necessarily looking for a mood i i just am looking for a strain but i'm also not every consumer so I, yeah you know, i'm not ignorant to understand that too so that's fair yeah everybody is different and that's the whole point you know you got to figure yourself out and cannabis really encourages us to do that so i love it that way absolutely what 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 do, what do you got on on next for the rest of 2022 i know you said this this fourth edition of volume comes out on july 4th but you got anything else uh, up up the sleeve for the rest of the year well, we'll actually be expanding to another state. Okay. So um, my family is in, in Ohio and we'll be opening up out there hopefully later this year. Awesome. That's, that's big moves. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time coming. We've been working on it for a lot of like four plus years. So oh, wow. um excited to kind of actually make it happen. But um, the market needs it. Let me tell you. <laughs> Is this is medical only out there right now, or do they it's have medical only? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that'll be interesting, and and you guys will fit right in there. Where where do you kind of see the intersection of of medical and recreational cannabis? 
Um, well, I think it comes down to that wellness aspect and incorporate, you know, understanding what you're looking for out of the experience. So um, I think medical can encompass so many different things, right? Like we're treating different things, um, whether it's an actual diagnosis or it's um, symptoms. So I would say that uh, getting more out of life is about bringing your body into balance. And cannabis does that on a chemical level. And so um, I would say uh, while we're in a recreational state here, we, we, we bridge both, both uh, categories. And um, in, in Ohio, we'll do the same where we're, we're trying to help people get more out of their life and bringing their life into balance. I like that. I like that. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, awesome. Well, Lo, I really appreciate you joining us today on the RMR podcast, man. If people out there are looking for more on Halo, halocannabis.com, at halocannabis on Instagram, anywhere else or anything else you want to plug real quick? Uh, Spotify, Halo Cannabis. Oh. Check us out. Um, but Mitch, thank you so much. Um, it's been really fun and, and to take a trip through, you know, all that we've gone through this in the past few years. So thank you. Awesome. No, appreciate you greatly. More growth. Excited to see this expansion to a new market. Excited to see what you got in store for this next volume. And uh, yeah, man, just, you know, more more positive energy towards, you know, people from the Washington, the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I know that's that's where we started. We got a good audience here, but we've obviously expanded quite a bit. But uh, and Joey's even up and left us for California for the bright lights, you know, but uh, yeah. A lot of stuff going on down there, but don't forget about us, Seattle. Thank you so much, Mitch, and uh, hope to see you in person sometime soon. Awesome. Well, this is RMR Podcast episode 43 with Low Freezing of Halo Cannabis. We will see you guys soon.